All right, good morning, good morning. How are you? Yeah, welcome to the 10 a.m. service. I, uh, I'm announcing this morning that I'm gonna run for one term of Congress, one term only, and I only have one agenda item, and that is to abolish daylight savings time once and for all. <clears throat> and then I'll retire and come back here and be your pastor, but I just think it's gonna take two years of my time to go there and set this right. And every pastor in America will vote for me, okay? I just promise you. And every volunteer that was here at 6.30 this morning instead of 7.30 will vote for me, right? So welcome. You're the smart ones, by the way. You got the little slap in, right? I just want you to know the eight o'clock crowd that came this morning, they, they're, they're guaranteed to go to heaven, okay? <laughs> just want you to know that. Appreciate you coming. It's good to have you here. Uh, I, you know, I, I wanna remind you of something I said earlier this year. Uh, in fact, I think it was the second Sunday of the year. Uh, the elders and I have been praying about two things that would happen at New Life Church this year. The first would be that we're going to start eight prayer meetings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have every, every Monday morning at 7.30, every day at 12 noon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I want to give you a report. Those prayer meetings, for me at least, have been life-changing for me. And especially the season that we're in, uh, a funny story is I lead the Tuesday noon prayer meeting, the eight prayer meetings, I lead that one. And Tuesday mornings are really uh, my most intense day of meetings and strategy and being with the team. And I come out of those meetings really needing a break, you know, needing to go to lunch. Instead, I go straight into the prayer meeting. And I told Pam, I said, it's actually been a gift to me that I come out of the most intense time of my week, really, right into a place of prayer. And I just want to encourage you that if you have not adopted one of those eight prayer meetings as your own, I want to encourage you to start attending and start being a part of one of those eight prayer meetings. And I know for some of you, you can't come at those two particular times. So this summer, and I'm not sure exactly which date yet, but this summer, we're going to start a Wednesday night 6.30 prayer meeting every single week. So you, for those of you that can't come in the morning or at lunchtime, we will be offering nighttime prayer meetings soon uh, so that everyone can be involved in prayer. And listen, I just promise you it'll change your life. It, and, and, the, and the prayer meetings are around 30 or 40 people in some of them, and some of them will have 100, 120 people, but it's not massive crowds of people. So if you think new life might be too big for you or you're concerned about that, these prayer meetings are a, a perfect place for you to meet people, form community, and what you know is you already have something in common when you come into the meeting. You both love prayer. You both want to pray. So come be a part of those prayer meetings. And then the second thing that the elders and I sensed and really had an overwhelming sense of God's grace and calling to do is we believe that 2022 will be the year that we pay off the mortgage on New Life North, that we're going to be debt free here at New Life North. And uh, thank you for that. I, 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 that is a, a, a high faith, audacious goal. And I believe the Lord spoke to us though. And I'll share some of that story later about how the Lord spoke to us. But the first opportunity for all of us to participate in that's coming up on Palm Sunday, which is only a month away. It's hard to believe, but Palm Sunday is only a month away. Of course, the Sunday after that is Easter Sunday. But on Palm Sunday, let me just describe to you, you may have never been a part of special offerings like this. Pam and I have been married 32 and a half years, and we've been a part of about eight or nine of these kinds of special offerings. And every one of them changed us spiritually. Every one of them did something in our hearts when we participated in them. 
that it, it caused us to pray, pray together, to be in unity together. It caused us to stretch our faith a bit because we've always been tithers. We've always tithed to the local church for 32 and a half years of marriage and we have no regrets for supporting and belonging to the local church. It, the local church is the, is the center of what God's doing on the planet. So we wanna participate and we've always given more than 10% to the church where we belong. But this is an opportunity to do something over and above that. And for the 10 or 12 times that Pam have been a part of, and I've been a part of this, it changes us. And I just wanna encourage you to be a part. Be, be, start praying right now. If you're a single person, begin praying about what the Lord would have you do. If you're a married couple, it's a great time to come into unity together on what God is doing. And by the way, whoever has the higher number heard the Lord. That's what you know, it's always, that's true, right? It's always, what, that's what we say at our house. Whoever hears the highest number, well, that's the Lord. And uh, so we go that way, right? So that's not a joke. It's actually the way we do it. All right, turn with me to Isaiah chapter nine. If this is your very first Sunday at New Life, or if you're watching online for the very first time, welcome, by the way. We're so glad you're here. And this is a good place. It's a healthy place, safe place. It's fairly normal. Uh, almost everyone in the room is super nice. Uh, that's our goal. And you'll find good friends here. I, I pray you'll find a place to belong very, very quickly at New Life Church. And we're in a series of messages since January on Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, looking at the three persons of the Trinity. And last Sunday, can you just say, wasn't that great? Pastor Jeremias and Pastor Anna last Sunday. Yeah, I'm so love them, so grateful for them. I don't know if you know this, that's the first time in 37 years as a church that someone speaking Spanish brought the message. And I, that, so it was a big deal last Sunday for a Spanish speaking pastor uh, and it's the first time that a Spanish speaking pastor was translated by a wife who is just as good a preacher. And, and, and I think Anna actually preached it a little better than Jeremias, but it was really good. <laughs> it was awesome. And they are our Spanish speaking pastors at Nueva Vida. And if you don't know this, Nueva Vida is our second biggest congregation at New Life Church besides New Life North. Uh, this is our biggest, but Nueva Vida, they just went over the 900 mark a couple of Sundays ago. So over 900 people uh, all of them Spanish-speaking people, hardworking people that live in our community co go to our Spanish-speaking campus at Circle and Dale. They have their own building down there. It's beautiful, amazing services every single Sunday. Turn to Isaiah 9. We're going to talk about Jesus today. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I, I think uh, weeks and weeks ago I was planning this particular message, and I think it falls on a pretty important Sunday for us to talk about what the Bible says about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And the first time we hear this is in Isaiah 9. It's a, a prophecy that happened a thousand years before Jesus was born. Isaiah had a, seemed like he was really tuned in to the Messiah. He got a lot of prophetic images, pictures, and ideas about Jesus. But he's about to use a word in verse 6 and 7 that's not used anywhere else in the Old Testament. And I'm going to show you this word. It's super important for you to see this word and understand why Isaiah used this particular Hebrew word to identify one of the unchangeable traits of Jesus. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. So it's not just a child, it's a particular son. We know this fulfills Jesus, the prophecy of Jesus. And listen to this word, and we're gonna leave this on the screen. And the government will be on his shoulders. Now this word government is a, is a very fascinating Hebrew word because it means, uh, it's, it's, it's very complicated, but the, the simplest I can say is that this word means final place of authority. 
find the ultimate source, the final place with all of the authority to do it. That's what that word government means. And that's true about our own government. Our own government has final authority on a lot of things that affect our lives. But in this particular passage, you saying, listen, if you're looking for peace, the only one who has final authority and absolute authority to grant that peace is the person I'm about to describe to you. Does that make sense to you, okay? So that's, this is the word government. Now look at verse, the next verse. He says, and he will be called a lot of things, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and then say this word with me. I think it's important for us to echo this. Prince of peace. Go to verse seven, because now Isaiah repeats himself. He repeats himself. Now remember, I've taught you this for 14 and a half years as your pastor. When you're reading through a particular text and the writer of that text repeats itself, repeats themselves in writing the text, it's God yelling at us clamoring for our attention, hoping that we're paying attention. Look at verse seven, of the greatness of his government. Second time that Isaiah uses that word, and it's the only two times this word's ever used in the Bible in the Hebrew text. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. In other words, when Jesus is firmly established on the throne, that is the place where peace can be given where peace can be distributed, where peace can be found, and there is no other place. So many of us are looking for some kind of righteous human savior to bring us peace. Some of you tried to marry into peace. Some of you tried to buy your way into peace. Some of you are out exercising your way into peace. Some of you have tried to vote yourself into peace. Listen, there's only one source for the peace that you're hoping for and looking for. And upon his shoulders, this government has been established and he will be called the Prince of Peace. Come, let's pray. Let's just stop and pray right now. Let's ask these scriptures to come alive to us. I have some other texts I'm going to share, but let's pause here and let Isaiah's words wash over us just for a moment, okay? And we just ask the Holy Spirit to allow this text to stir in you today, to speak to us today. Father in heaven, here we are, and everyone in this room, and everyone watching online, we all need peace. We need more of it. We don't need less peace, we need more peace. And we're asking you today to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Would you give us holy imagination? Would you give us the ability to learn and to receive and to grow from these scriptures today? And we ask it in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen? Let me give you a definition of peace, and this is uh, just my way of trying to help you understand what we're talking about. So peace is a, a sense of an awareness, a, a sense of tranquility and well-being. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's this beautiful place when you have peace in your heart, when you have peace in your life, you just have this feeling that everything's okay, that it's going to be okay, that although your outside circumstances may not look like that, there's just something inside of you that says all is well. So again, peace is not determined by things out there. Peace is an inner truth. Peace is something that's going on inside of us. And I have some good news for you. It's possible as people who believe in Jesus 
who pay attention to the scriptures, who know the Father, and who are filled by the Holy Spirit, listen very carefully, to live a life of constant peace. That's an audacious promise I just said to you. Listen very carefully what I just said. It is possible for people who know the Father, who have been rescued by the Son, and are filled with the Holy Spirit, and pay attention to the scriptures, it is possible for us, you and me, not just pastors, not just a few of us, but all of us, to live with uninterruptible, constant peace. If he is, listen, if he is the Prince of Peace and I belong to him, I think I can have peace. Why would Jesus call himself the Prince of Peace if he was not willing to give us, his followers, peace? I believe you can have peace all the time, every circumstance, and every understanding. That does not mean you're not troubled or upset or concerned or have moments of anxiety. I'm not talking about being superhuman and other than human. I'm saying even when those anxieties come knocking at your door, when fear comes knocking at your door, it's one thing for fear and worry and anxiety to knock at your door. It's another thing for you to open that door and let it live there with you. So I can tell you this for an absolute certainty that fear and worry and anxiety will come knocking. But by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrected Christ, that fear and that worry and that anxiety will not live in my house. It may come for a short visit, but it will not take up residence in my home. Are you catching this today? That's better preaching than I'm getting any kind of feedback from. Are you caffeinated today? Of all the mornings in the calendar year that you should be highly caffeinated. <laughs> we know this for a fact that life is not always peaceful. And every young mom of children, you got young, you got littles running around the house. You know, life can be a combination of pandemonium, confusion, bedlam, anarchy, and complete turmoil. Right? Last week, I won't tell you all the details because it was super gross, but I have a, a young pastor friend who sent me a text last week and he said, and he, he said Pastor Brady, you got to pray for me. He has three littles, like five, three, and one. I mean, it was really bad planning on their part, but they have three littles, right? <laughs> That's a joke, okay? He's young. He said, Pastor Brady, last night, about midnight, all three of my kids began explosive displays of human stuff all over everywhere. They're covered, the bed's covered, the bathroom's covered, the sheets are covered. They, it's a mess. He says, I've been up all night long battling this demonic stomach flu bug that I have never seen the likes. And now he had to go preach. And all night long, he said, and so I'm talking to a young man whose children have just gone through unbelievable chaos. And he's got to go tell his people the good news of the Prince of Peace. <laughs> so I understand, I understand what I'm talking. I'm talking to real people that live real lives in here today, okay? So I'm telling you that for a reason. But here's three types of peace, okay? Please write this down because this is important for you to think through in your own life. There's three types of peace. There's peace with God, and we talk a lot about that. And I got good news for you today. God is not at war with any of you. Do you know that? You have an enemy that's at war with you. 
But the Father in heaven solved that a long time ago. The dividing wall of hostility between man and God has been solved through the person of Jesus. It was Jesus that came to the earth. And because God wanted that war to be over, Jesus took upon himself all the sin, the shame, the guilt of all of human race upon himself and nailed it to a cross and disarmed the powers forever. God's not at war with you. It's possible today to have peace with God because God's not the one fighting. God's not the one running from you. God has not rejected you. God really does care about you. He loves you. He wants peace with you. And then there's peace with yourself. You know, some of us just to be okay with who you are. I'm 55 years old and I realize that I will probably never have six pack abs ever again. <laughs> Whataburger just opened, which ruined all my chances <laughs> of ever having. Now, the problem is I do have a six pack of abs. They're just well hidden. <laughs> and they're becoming more and more hidden. And thank God the world will never be exposed to that ever again. But the point is, at some point, you have to be okay with the age that you are, the person you are, the goodness of God has been in you. You've got to be okay with what God's doing in you and through you and be content with that. Amen. Envy is the sin of comparison. Some of you just need to be quick comparing yourself and be okay with how God wired you and formed you and shaped you. <laughs> Amen? Because we all come in different shapes. Because if you're at peace with God and peace with yourself, then you can be at peace with other people. In fact, you cannot be at peace with other people if you're not at peace with God and at peace with yourself. Because if you're not at peace with yourself, you're, if you're hard on yourself, you're gonna be hard on other people. And when you start loving yourself, you can start giving some of that away to some people around you. Loving others, peace with others. Let me tell you about this peace today. Can we show you three passages of scripture today? And in Colossians 3, we're gonna go there first because I wanna show you that peace is actually like an umpire. Now, if you've ever been, I'm a baseball, I grew up playing baseball or maybe hockey, whatever sport, football, umpires and referees are there for a reason. They're there to call attention to infractions. Umpires and referees are, are part of a sports game because we're we, we have a tendency to get out of bounds to break the rules, to go places that we're not supposed to do. In other words, to do things that we're not supposed to do, a referee and an umpire is there to call attention to us doing things that are out of bounds. Now look at Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule. See the word rule here, okay? That's important because that word's going to be repeated in another text that Paul writes later. Let the peace of Christ. In other words, what's the source of that peace? Christ, who calls himself the Prince of Peace. Are you following all this, okay? Let the peace of the Prince of Peace rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to fussing and fighting. Are you following along with me? I'm just checking here, okay? You're called to peace. God's people, listen, this is going to wreck some of your theology. God's people are called to peace. In other words, this is fascinating. And I don't mean to get off on an aside here, but listen. When the world comes inside the local church and watches all of us, this is what the world should look like if Jesus were in charge. 
The church should be an embodiment of the reign and the rule of Jesus. I want you to look around the room. There's white people, brown people, black people, older people, younger people, rich, poor, and everything in between, all sitting in here today. This is not happening anywhere else in the world except in the church. Because we're called to what? We're called to love and to peace. This word rule though is what I want you to catch today. That word means to arbitrate, to govern, to umpire. So stay with me for a moment. Peace wants to umpire our decisions. And, and the question I have is, have you ever made a decision because you felt this peace I'm talking about? Being settled in your soul. I'll give you a story, okay? A few months ago, the elders and I were praying about this, eliminating this debt, being debt-free for the first time in the history of our church. It's an audacious goal. It's gonna require tremendous miracles and faith. And we're sitting in an elders meeting and the group of elders in front of me said, Pastor Brady, 2022 is the year for us to be debt-free at New Life Church. Now I've been here 14 and a half years and we had $26 million of debt when I came here. It's down to 9.4 now. And, I, and, that's, but, and I'm grateful, I'm so grateful. I have no idea how that happened. But 9.4 in one year would be more than we've ever done. And, I, and they said, Brady, we really feel strongly about this. And I said, guys, until I have peace about it, I can't stand in front of the church and call them into something until the Lord grants me peace about it. This is what I said. And also said, and none of you are up there asking. I, I don't see anybody else up here asking. We had a little laugh at that. And I said, so until dad gets some peace about this, big brother, some peace about this, I have to hear the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and the peace of the Lord came. And I went back to the elders and said, you're right. I have peace about it now. See, I can tell you a quadrillion stories like this of coming to a place of decision and stopping and pausing because the umpire of my soul says, stop, wait, go to first base, do not advance, stop. Go to second base, stop Brady, stop. That's far enough. Wait there until I wave you to third base. Third base, stop Brady, stop, hold it right there. I'll let you know when it's time to come to home plate. This, this is the way I lived my life for all these years. Pam and I so many times have made decisions about our children, about uh, maybe buying a house or any a small thing. And, and we'll say to each other, you feel peace about that. You feel the strength of God in your soul for that decision. We'll say, well, Pastor Brady, does, is God really that big that he would get involved in the micro decisions of my life? Yes. You know why he has that much peace to give away? He's the Prince of Peace. He created it. All peace that you're looking for only has one source. It's his to give away and he has it in abundance. Just not enough people are asking for it. He actually has more to give away than people are asking to receive. It's a lot. And if you want it, you can have it but you gotta to learn to live your life with it. Pam and I spend it all the time. Father, fill us with peace, because we need it. And it's, and it's an awareness of God's presence and his voice in our life, and his voice feels like his peace. 
When you, when you ever get into right relationship with God and your soul gets settled, that's the peace I'm talking about. I'm talking about living life with a settled heart, a settled soul, a sense of God being with me and for me, right near to me. Therefore, when I get to a place of big decision and I feel troubled, I feel unsettled, then I pause until the peace of God comes and he says, go now, do this, say this, give this, serve here, do this thing. And that peace leads me along like an umpire directing a game the peace of the Lord directs our lives. This is the umpire at peace in the work of our lives. And when we allow peace to umpire our thoughts, we're giving peace final authority. Let me ask you a question. Who has final authority in your life? Who has final say? When well, a ball game is the umpire. In any sporting event, it's the referee. So you have a referee. You, you get to choose which who it is. I choose the Prince of Peace. He's good. He knows what he's doing. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Peace is a product of prayer. There's no shortcuts with this, okay? Stay with me on this. Let me show you this. Paul now, he wrote that in Colossians. The same Paul who wrote that text in Colossians is now writing to the people in Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. In other words, what he's saying here again is, Pastor Brady, you're saying we're not gonna have anxious moments. No, that's not what he's saying. He's not, say, he's not gonna be, he did not say that you would not be afraid sometimes, aggravated sometimes, upset. He's, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is don't give it residence. Don't give it permanent space in your life. But in every situation by Facebook post and fussing, I know some of you think you're changing the world on Facebook and that's why I'm off Facebook. <laughs> you're not changing the world. Prayer changes the world. Listen, I, I, listen I, I, I don't want to say this because out of deep, deep respect for the bravery of the Ukrainian people right now, they are showing in, in unbelievable bravery. In the face of 10 to one odds, they are holding back one of the great armies on the planet Earth right now, they're holding it back. But I believe prayer's making a difference in the Ukraine. And the Ukrainian people would tell you, prayer's making a difference. There's too many things happening where prayer has entered into the equation and prayer makes a difference. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's the recipe for prayer, by the way. Every time you pray, you should quote that scripture out loud to remind yourself of how to come into the place of prayer. But look at verse seven. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Now, the, the, word, in, the word in Colossians was this rule. The word in Philippians is guard. I want you to see the aggressive nature of both of these words. Both of these Greek words have authoritative, aggressive language. This is, how, this is how much God is wrestling for your peace. He wants to rule and he wants to guard. Against what? Fear and worry and anger and anxiety which has over flooded us in the last three years. But he's trying to hold up a standard against it. 
with his peace. He says it'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the bottom line. You can either choose to worry or you can choose to pray. You can't do both. Listen, prayerful people are the most restful people I know. I, I, I almost, within 10 seconds, when I'm around someone, I can tell if they're a praying person or not. Their words are tempered. Their eyes are bright. There's just something different about a person who prays. There's just something different about a person who's filled their soul with prayer. People who pray emanate and radiate something that people that don't pray don't have. And prayer is an invitation. Listen, prayer is surrender. How does that happen, Pastor Brady? How do their words sound different? Why is there a physical, mental, spiritual difference about them? Because they've learned the power of surrender. And prayer is admitting we're not in control. Can you imagine, think about this. Think about this, raising your children. Father in heaven, I've read every book. I've watched Dr. Phil. I've gone to all the conferences. And I still don't, can't, <laughs> I still don't know what it means to parent my child. But Lord, you knit my child together in the womb of his mother. And you know them better than anyone. So Father in heaven, I surrender control and I ask for your help. Now think about a hundred different things in your life where you've gone to every other source looking for help and you've not surrendered that thing to Jesus. In fact, Jesus is the last thing. Jesus is the last thing you do. Listen, I want to lead a church where Jesus is the first thing we do. I'm trying to disciple you into a lifestyle of asking Jesus to be paramount, for Christ to be the Lord, to be Christ, to be the first person we ask. In fact, sometimes Jesus is the only one you need to ask. And prayer is being thankful and grateful for all that's right in our world, coming into a place of not complaining and groaning all the time, but saying, Lord, I got a lot to talk to you about today, but before I give you my list of demands and requests, of how I think you should order the world, can I first be thankful, Lord, that you have been present with me every day of my life. You've been so good to me. You're good to my home. You're good to my kids. You've been good to my church. You've been good to my city. You've been good to me. And Lord, because you've been good to me and I see your goodness today, I can come to you and count on you to be good tomorrow. Are you catching this today? The bottom line is that prayer is giving our concerns to the umpire and trusting his decision. Do I trust that God's outcome is better than mine? Here's the last thing that I'm finished for the day, okay? The, the third thing, please catch this today, peace is a gift. A gift from who? John 14, verse 27, Jesus is talking about himself. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace. I give you. There's one thing for me to give you someone else's money. It's an entirely different situation when I give you mine. It's another thing to give you someone else's food. But when I give you my food, it's a different investment into your life. Jesus says, I give you peace and not just any old peace. I'm giving you my personal supply of peace that I have stored up. Now I want you to think about how many times Jesus could have had a meltdown 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, hours away from crucifixion, was probably the closest time that we see Jesus coming to his most human moment. My God, my God, please take this cup from me. Yet not as my, my will, but your will be done. At the cross, Father, forgive them. I could call down 10,000 legions of angels right now and settle this dispute, but instead I'm gonna take on the pain, the suffering, the sins of all humankind. If there's anyone that's qualified to talk to us about peace in tough times, I think Jesus is the ultimate master of this subject. There's no one more qualified in the human history to tell us about peace that passes all understanding than the Christ who passed all understanding and still had peace. Listen, if you're looking for a source of peace today, you've come to the right place. His name is Yeshua Christ, the resurrected one. And he says, I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, New Life Church. We are in the palm of his hand. And no power of hell and no scheme of man can take us from the palm of his hand. And this is why in every contentious relationship, someone has to take the first step toward peace. In other words, if, if both parties are determined to fight, that's what we're seeing right now. Ukrainians are saying, hey, we'll talk about peace until Russia says they're ready to talk about peace, the fighting's gonna start. Somebody has to take the first step in Russia and say, stop. Somebody has to do this in Russia. The Russian people, someone has to get Putin's attention, right? Somebody has to get his attention. Stop killing civilians, stop this war. And this is what was going on. When we look at what's going on, this is exactly what was happening between the human race and God. There was a constant fight, a constant battle. And God the Father says, I, I'm not getting their attention. They're not following my law. I've done all I can to get their attention, so I'm gonna take my one final step to get their attention. I'm gonna send my spotless son to the earth. And he's gonna live 33 years of sinless life. And he's gonna go to the cross and pay for sins that he did not commit. And he's gonna go to a borrowed tomb and die a real death. But on the third day, his physical body is going to come back to life. And he's gonna come out of the tomb as a sign that death, hell and the grave do not have the final say over the human race. And he's going to ascend to right hand, right back here to the right hand of my throne. And he's going to constantly intercede for the people on the earth so they too can find their way into the kingdom of heaven and forever follow the Prince of Peace. That's what God has done for all of us. Can you say amen to that this morning? Stand up with me right now. I want you to put that last slide up because this is so important for us as we come to the table of the Lord. The reason the world can't give you peace is because the world's not in charge. Would you put that up just for a moment? The reason the world can't give you peace not in charge. When I was growing up, I'll just tell you this one story before we come to the table of the Lord. When I was growing up, my mom and dad were married 42 years, and it wasn't until after Pam and I were married and I was a grown up that my mom and dad both shared with me that in those 42 years, they, they, they had a rough marriage. They really were, they was well, not great. They had sometimes it was good. I mean, they had three children, they built a house together, but their marriage was struggled for 42 years. I didn't know that though as a kid. I mean, I, I heard fussing and fighting every once in a while, but I didn't understand 
the depth of the pain until I was an adult. And they both said to me, say, Brady, when you're a child, children are not wired to carry the weight of the family. So we didn't tell you how dark things were when you're a child. Because when you're a child, we want you to feel safe. And the reason I could feel safe is because almost every night of my life growing up, mom and dad were in the same house. And if mom and dad were in the same house as a child, you know this, feel safe. Listen, this is moms and dads, this is the role we play with our kids. We provide a place where they can flourish and grow. And this is exactly what God's done for us. If you knew how dark the world was, you wouldn't sleep another wink. But the reason you can go to bed tonight and sleep in peace, because you're his child. And guess what? Dad is still in charge. He's still in control. So tonight I will, I will call upon the name of the Lord for peace in the Ukraine. I will call upon the name of the Lord to cover and protect Pam and the kids. I'll pray over you because I pray over you all the time. And there's some of you individually I'll pray for because I know what's going on in your life, but I'll pray over all of you tonight. And then when I take a deep breath, Father in heaven, I don't know all the brokenness in the world, but I do know this, you're in charge. And I will go to bed tonight and in about 6.4 seconds, I will be asleep. And that's what I pray over you tonight. Some of you have never heard the gospel of Christ. You've never heard that God's not mad at you. God's not fighting you. And that you can have a constant awareness of his peace for the rest of your life. And some of you are ready to say yes to this today. Some of you watching online have stumbled upon us online and you're ready to say yes to Jesus. And listen, the prayer I'm about to pray sounds very simple. And the reason it is a simple prayer is because Jesus has already done the complicated work of forgiveness. All the complicated work, that's already been done on your behalf. All you have to do is believe. And you get this peace I'm talking about. So I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Brady, I'm ready to say yes to that. Then I want you to pray it with me. Those of you watching online, I want you to pray this with me. New Lifers, pray it out loud with me. It's a great prayer to pray regardless of how long you follow the Lord. Father in heaven, I'm a sinner who cannot save myself. I've tried, but I cannot save myself. So today I choose to make Jesus Lord of my life. It is my choice today to follow Jesus, to walk with him, to hear him, and to know him. And I pray you would help me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask today you would be near me and for me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just thank the Lord for everyone who said that prayer today? I'm so grateful. After this service, we're gonna have, we're gonna have people down front that are here to pray for you. And if you prayed that prayer today and you want a Bible, I'll give you a Bible, a really good one free of charge. We'd love to give you to tell you what the next steps are. In fact, the Sunday after Easter Sunday, we're going to have a gigantic baptism celebration here. It's going to be, it'll be the biggest party you've ever seen. It's going to be the Sunday after Easter. 
And people all the time say, Pastor Brady, how many people do you think prayed that prayer with you? Come on Baptism Sunday, I'll show you. Last year, 551 people were baptized at New Life Church. People pray the prayer, I promise you. Miracles happen when we give people an opportunity to receive Christ. And I'm a church that, we were a church that believes that. So I want you to just lift your hands. Can we just thank the Lord? Can we just give the Lord thanks? Even if your world's a big mess today, even if you feel the messiness of your world, would you just say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness in my life, for how many times you've been faithful to me and present with me. Then I'm praying as we sing this song in the next three or four minutes, that whatever burden and weight you walk in today, you're gonna to lay it at the feet of the cross today and you're gonna find Jesus today as your Prince of Peace. Let's sing this song together and then we'll come to the table of the Lord.
communion elements this morning. Know that communion is a invitation from a good father to step into that peace that passes all understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It was on the night that Jesus was handed over to suffer and die, the night that he was betrayed that he took the bread and he broke it. And after giving it to the disciples and blessing it, he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Take, eat and do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together this morning. And it was on that same night that he took the cup and after giving it to the disciples, he said, this is my blood that has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take, drink and do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together this morning. Let's just begin to lift up our voices. The good father, the God of peace. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. section community parties for section four, five, and section 12. So please go, yes, see that? 
You guys, look, this is the best way to get involved with community here at New Life. So if you're not part of a section community, please let us know and we will help you get connected. We'd also love to hear your story out at Connect Central as you're leaving today. If now our prayer team would come forward, we would love to spend some time praying with you this morning so our altars are also open. New Life Church, would you just open up your hands this morning? May you know that the Holy Spirit is upon you and you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go and to speak about this peace of this Jesus who provides a peace that the world cannot give. May you go and declare the mighty name of Jesus. Be blessed, we will see you next week. Take care. <laughs>